Well, speaking of um, giving, we are in a series that, uh, a three-part series that we started last week uh, uh, entitled Blessed. And we're looking at ways in which we don't normally think of these as areas of blessing, but truly they are blessing. Uh, last week we looked at the thought of blessed uh, with a burden and how God uh, impresses upon our hearts and causes us sometimes to be so uh, compelled and passionate regarding a, a, a matter that concerns the heart of God and, and it just won't be released in any way from, from us and we just have to follow that, uh, that burden and uh, serve or uh, contribute in whatever that burden may be. This morning, uh, we're looking at another, um, another way in which um, this is a blessing, and it's sometimes not recognized as such, but truly is, and that is blessed to give. Let me just kind of dive right in with the results of a study some people did. A group of people wanted uh, to find out how do Americans, uh, how much do Americans need to be happy? The response of the survey across the board in almost all cases, how much do people in America need to be happy? The response was a little bit more, a little bit more. It's interesting. They asked people who were making around $20,000 a year or so, how much do you need to uh, be happy, to make you happy? And their response uh, uh, was, most people said, around $35,000. And then they asked uh, people who were making around $35,000 a year, how much do you need to have everything that you really need to, to be blessed, to be happy? And their consensus seemed to be around $50,000. $50,000 would be enough. And then they asked people making about $50,000 or so how much they needed to, to feel blessed, to, to, be, uh, to know that it, it's enough. And that, that consensus seemed to be around seventy dollars to $75,000. The response across the board basically was when asked, how much do you need? And the answer usually was a little bit more. Very interesting, isn't it? If we surveyed people at Meadowbrook, I would venture to say the results would not be much different. You don't feel you have enough, a little bit more would uh, really be great. I know when I began to think of uh, the rest of my life, uh, there's that uncertainty about uh, what's ahead, and, and I begin to wonder if, uh, if I will have enough. You don't have enough. Well... That could be debated. Most of us have more than enough. More than enough. Now, some of you are saying, Ron, you know, you don't know my situation. Or you, no, I, I don't have that much. But really, 
I think we would all have to agree it's quite relative. One thing that helps me reset and realign my heart are missions trips. When you've gone on a missions trip to a third world country, you realize how little they have in contrast to how much we have here. What seems to be a common response from our people here who have gone on missions trips to El Salvador and the the Dominican uh, or Cambodia or the Philippines is how their level of poverty in these countries touched their hearts. They saw people with virtually nothing. We come back a whole lot more thankful than how we left. James 1.17, James wrote in his epistle these words, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. Friends, God is our provider. We have more than enough. God is our provider. We have more than enough. But Ron, again, you don't know my situation. You don't know how strapped I am. That may be true. And you may be struggling financially. But it is important to put things in perspective as well. We're blessed. We're blessed. But I want you to internalize this. No matter how tight your finances may be, God has blessed us to be a blessing. It was Jesus who said this, his words in Acts 20, 35. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Let's say that aloud together. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Now the problem is, most of us don't believe that. You don't believe it to be true. How do I know? Many of you right now, I can read your minds. You're thinking, and you're saying to yourself, dang, the dude's going to talk about giving today. Oh, my, he's talking about giving. Wish I'd skipped church today. (laughs) If you believed it was more blessed to give than receive, you'd be going, oh, this is going to be great. He's talking about giving today. I love giving, and you're leaning into it. But most people are going, oh, shoot, the preacher is going to talk about giving. Well, friends, it is more blessed to give than to receive. If we as believers can internalize this truth, it can become unquestionably the life, a life-changing way to realize it's more blessed. We're going to be more blessed when we give than when we receive. Now, the key thought for this message, we need to understand and embrace this biblical truth that the key to a blessed life is a heart of generosity. The key to a blessed heart, the blessed life, is a generous heart. We're blessed to give. If you want to be more blessed, you'll be more blessed when you become more generous. Proverbs eleven twenty four and 25 says this. One man gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly or unjustly, 
but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Now you would think the man who gave freely, well, he would have less, right? But the Bible says one man gives freely, yet what happens to him? Yet he gains more. Another one, though, he withholds unjustly. He could give, but he doesn't. He holds on to what he has and he withholds unduly. But instead of having more, which is what logic says, instead the Bible says he comes to poverty. One man gives freely and gains more, another withholds and has less. Verse 25 tells us about what kind of a person will prosper. There, Scripture says, what kind of a man will prosper? A generous man or woman will prosper. He who refreshes others, he himself will be refreshed. One man gains, gives freely and gains even more. The key to a blessed life is a generous heart. Let me show you another portion of Scripture that means a lot. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Paul says this. Remember this? Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows generously will also reap generously. Any farmer knows this. If you sow a few seeds, uh, you're going to, to get less crop. If you sow more seed, you're going to uh, gain more of a bumper crop. Whoever sows sparingly, reaps sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Now, he goes on to say then in this chapter, 2 Corinthians 9, each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. This word in the original language, in the Greek language, it actually means hilarious. This is the person who, who goes, wow, we get to give. We are so blessed that we get to give. In fact, I love the Old Testament. They would actually have feasts, entire parties around, around giving offerings. We are so blessed we get to give. Let's gather together and have a party because God has blessed us and enabled us to give. God loves a cheerful giver. Now, verse 8 here in 2 Corinthians 9, here's the blessed life. Watch this. You want to see the, the blessed life? When you are generous on the other side of generosity, here are the blessings promised to you. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. All things, all times, all that you need and abounding in every good work. Now check out verse 11. It says, you will be enriched in every way. Notice, he's not talking about finances here. If you limit the blessing of God to finances alone, you are way underestimating the blessing of God. You will be enriched in every way. What could every way include? Certainly, you could be blessed financially or materially. 
God is a generous God. But even more so, you could be blessed with relational riches, with a fantastic, uh, deep, and growing marriage, with friendships that last for years and years. You could be blessed physically as well. Scripture says you will be enriched in every way. Not so that you could enjoy just for yourself, not so that you could just consume all of the material or financial blessings, but instead, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Imagine, imagine if your heart of generosity grows so much that there are people all around the world that would praise God because of you. They thank God for your generosity. You know, in some small way, that's actually happening right now. Let me tell you this one thing. I'm so proud of our church. The sense of knowing that there are generous givers among us. Operation Christmas Child is clearly a a result of that. It's, It's a result of the generosity of our community as well. Hundreds of boxes Uh, being sent around the world to light up a child's face and to introduce them or remind them of the love of Jesus for them. Food donations just seems like so many that have had needs uh, at different times, uh, hospitalized, whatever it might be, that uh, so many of you step up and and contribute with a a meal to someone to encourage them. Lori already spoke about uh, ministries that we support locally here on on a regular basis, a monthly basis. Then we think of world missions. We support over 50 national and world missionaries around the world. Boots on the ground and we would support them with a minimum of at least 150 a month up to as much as $400 a month. All the way, uh, and just recently, um, well, first of all, in La- uh, Meadowbrook has, um, for several years now, partnered with a ministry called Enlace. We have sent at least 13 teams to El Salvador and totaling over maybe a hundred different people in our congregation that has traveled to El Salvador one time or another. And the English translation of, en- of enlace, enlace in Spanish means uh, link, is that right, Francisco? Means link. And uh, the English translation there is, is link, and, and that's what they are all about doing, linking with the local church to transform and reach out to a, a community. So when Enlace links together and equips local churches in El Salvador, Nepal, and Guatemala to transform their communities. And because of your generosity, just a couple weeks ago, Meadowbrook gave a $10,000 gift to Enlace. $6,000 of the gift we sent will go toward a school project in uh, Los Pinos, El Salvador. This will help uh, the pastor of a local church there, Pastor Lopez, and, and the community uh, 
to provide a safe and secure environment for the children to learn. The only school in that community, Hacienda El Porvenir School Center, is the only local school in that community. And the school's infrastructure was in crisis, in great need because of um, the erosion of, um, of, of land. And uh, this, due to the annual six-month rainy season, a portion of the perimeter retaining uh, the wall, and I think it's the top right picture is where the school is in this, uh, in this uh, uh, series of, uh, of, of pictures, we see that um, there's a serious uh, issue there of erosion. And our gift has made uh, a retaining wall possible. And uh, there, it will impact more than 2,500 people. Approximately 20% of the uh, population live in extreme poverty in this uh, community, in this area. That is uh, $2 uh, per capita per day. And through our giving, this project is fully funded and accomplished. And the remaining $4,000 is designated to support Enlace's ongoing effort to reach out in, uh, in ways that uh, help physically as well as spiritually transform communities. Enlace, by the way, is celebrating their 25th anniversary of fulfilling God's call to serve this year. I st still believe that God has called this, his church to be his agent of change by addressing both the physical and spiritual needs of the community. And I know this is the vision that is shared by Meadowbrook. Now, with that being said, here's a question that I want, to think, I want you to think about. Knowing it is more blessed to give than it is to receive, why are not more people more generous? Or another way of saying it is, why are not more people more blessed? Well, Jensen Franklin speaks of three different mindsets seen in Scripture regarding giving. The first one is sadly where many people live today. It is called the beg mindset. Now, these are, these are the people that believe, you know, we don't have enough. We would like to give, but we simply don't have enough to be generous. Maybe, sadly, some of you can relate uh, to these words from the Old Testament. In Haggai, chapter 1 and verse 6, uh, some of you may feel this right now. You eat, it says, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages earns wages to put into a bag with holes. You've got the, the bag mindset. You've got a little bag and you fill it up with uh, monthly income and every month it seems like there are just holes in it. No matter how hard you try, it seems like there's, there's just none left over. Whatever comes in seems to go out. You get upset, there's not enough in the bag and you feel like that, we have, that uh, any time we start to get ahead, something breaks. Uh, Maybe uh, you feel like, oh, the transmission just went out or the, uh, uh, the refrigerator just broke down. Whatever it might be, you feel like you have a bag with holes in it. You'd like to be more generous. You don't feel like you can because it seems like everything that goes in the bag goes out. There's not enough. 
It's the bag mindset. I will be honest with you, this was me growing up. Uh, the bag mindset totally consumed, really, my makeup my, in my early years. My father taught me how to save and how to conserve and how to be frugal. I grew up with uh, two sisters. We would uh, have our bath on Saturday night and we couldn't uh, really put more than about this much water in the bathtub and we shared the bath water. Uh, so you always like to get in first. Uh, he would continually tell me to, and my sisters, to shut the lights off when you leave the room. He would uh, tell me when I brush my teeth, uh, turn off the water while you're brushing and then turn it back on to rinse uh, your toothbrush. While driving, don't accelerate fast and coast when approaching a stop light or your destination. My dad was very conservative. Um, he, uh, he didn't even, until it was standard equipment, even order a radio uh, when uh, we had a car. But I saw my dad not only as conservative, his pants, they were threadbare. My wife noticed that right away when, um, we, uh, when, he, he met, when she met my dad. But I saw my dad as a giver. Every Sunday, he would place his tithe in the offering bag. And I would often see him writing out checks during the week to ministries and mail them off. For me, early on, I picked up on the conservative and side of things. And I, by nature, am quite conservative. But I realized that my frugality was turning into me being a tightwad, uh, a tightwad side of life, uh, certainly not on the generosity side of life. I saved my money. I did not want to spend it. My friends, we would uh, go out for ice cream and I would just order water or um, I would just order a small cone while they might be getting a shake or a banana split or something. I was always so afraid that I would always lack because there would never be enough, and truthfully, I put my faith in what was in the bag. I had a scarcity mindset. I was stingy, and it was a miserable way to live. I didn't see God as a generous God. I didn't see him uh, as blessing. I had to trust what was in the bag. And when God got a hold of my life, I was getting out of this bag mindset. He began to enlarge my heart. And the Lord started working on my heart. And what certainly helped as well was getting married and having kids. You can't be a tightwad when that happens. Uh, but I realized that, um, uh, that God's uh, heart was, was at a different place than where my heart was. And what's interesting is when you look at Scripture... There was a guy in the New Testament that was really getting into what was in the bag. And his name was Judas. He was the guy who carried around the money bag. And when an immoral woman was so moved by Jesus, 
she broke open a bottle of perfume and she poured it, uh, uh, valued at a year's wage, this perfume, she poured it over Jesus uh, and worshiped. Judas screamed, no, don't do that. The money, that's wasteful. He was so consumed by what was in the bag. In fact, you know what he did? He did what many people do today. He betrayed Jesus because of his bag mindset. He betrayed Jesus for a measly 30 pieces of silver that he put in the bag. The bag mindset, the same thing people do today. Some people don't give today because of that scarcity mindset. Stingy and selfish mindset as well. Secondly, the basket mindset. This is the person who believes that God is an abundant God and we can trust him. We have got more than enough because God is an abundant God and we can, be, uh, we can, be, we can give freely. We don't have a bag mindset. We have a basket mindset. Deuteronomy chapter 28, uh, verse 4 Uh, An incredible chapter, first of all, that shows the blessing of God. But here in verse 4, it says, The fruit of your womb, the fruit of your womb will be blessed, and the crops of your land and the young of your livestock, your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. The fruit of your loom, oh, womb, the fruit of your womb. The fruit of your loom may not be blessed. I'm not sure about that. That's your underwear. I don't think he's referencing your underwear. Sorry, just edit that out, okay? The fruit of your womb will be blessed. And the crops of your young and the young of your livestock. And verse 5 says, your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You'll be blessed when you come in. You'll be blessed when you go out. Your basket will be blessed. Jesus, in the New Testament, he gave real interesting teaching about the basket there as well. I think it's Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Uh, He said this, Give, and it shall be given to you. One man gives freely, yet gains even more. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will it be given unto you. What was Jesus doing? He was talking about a basket. When Jesus was teaching, he was teaching to a group that certainly that certainly would have understood what the farmers or the landowners would do when they harvested grain. Once they had a lot of grain, there would be two kinds of people that would fill the baskets. The first kind of people that would fill the baskets would be the day laborers, those who worked for money. And when they would fill the baskets, uh, they would not fill the baskets real high because um, if they filled them real high and they pressed them down and they shook them together and pressed more down, they had to carry them out of the field and that would be a lot more hard work. So they didn't, they didn't fill their basket. They didn't fill their basket very full. Then there was another type, though, That was the beneficiary of the master's benevolence. These were the poor people 
who didn't have much. And the master who would be so generous would say at the end of the day, you are welcome to come in and, and bring your baskets and fill them with whatever is left over in the field. So these people who were very hungry, they would come in and they would fill their baskets up. How do you think? With good measure, pressed down, shaken together, shake that baby, get the air out so we can get all of it in. And they would be running over as they carried out. Their baskets would be running over as they leave the field. And because of the master's generosity, their baskets would run over. And that is the kind of God that God, that God, the God that we really have. He is a generous God. He's an abundance uh, God. And when we're faithful with a little, when we are faithful with what is in the bag, he can trust us with more. And as we are faithful with a little, God may provide materially, or maybe more in other ways, but he will provide more of the real kind of blessings so that our basket is overflowing. You're thinking probably of the same scripture that I'm thinking of. I love the story in the New Testament where, where the little boy's lunch consisting of, uh, of five loaves and two fish, and Jesus took that little boy's lunch, and he blessed it, and he multiplied it to feed 5,000 people. The little boy had very simple faith, and he gave all that he had. And here's the key, and you may have seen it before, maybe you haven't. When it was all said and done, you can read this. Your, the disciples went, and they gathered the leftovers. And guess what was left over after feeding 5,000 people with uh, a boy's lunch? Twelve basketfuls were left over. The abundant God... The abundance of a good God. When we give, it will be given to us. Here's what I pray for every single one of you. I pray that God will stretch your faith, any of us out of a bag mindset, into the basket mindset. When you're faithful with a little, you can give more and more and uh, you know God has truly provided. We have more than we need. Then because we have a heart of generosity, you're not going to think the more is all of you. Instead, you're going to realize this is a place that I can be more blessed by giving. So you don't have a bag mindset. You've got a basket mindset. The third type, and this is the last, there's the bag, there's the basket, and then there's the barn mindset. This is the one who knows that God is infinitely more than enough. Genesis, Deuteronomy 28.8 says this, the Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. Imagine this. Imagine if you are faithful with what is in the bag and then you're faithful with what is in the basket. And then one day God gives you barns that are overflowing. Joseph experienced this in the Old Testament. When he was faithful, God elevated him from a prison to the palace. And he was in charge over Egypt during the time of famine. But he had gathered, he had gathered so much 
in the barns that when the famine came, there was plenty to feed all of Egypt. When you are faithful in a similar way, guess what God will do? God will use, God will use you to bless many because your barns will be overflowing. Luke 16.10 says, Who can ever, Whoever can be trusted with very little, that's what's in the bag, can also be trusted with much. What's, what is in the barn? Whoever is dishonest with very little, the bag, will be dishonest with much. The next verse, verse 11 so if you've not been trustworthy in handling world wealth, worldly wealth, he said, who will trust you with true riches? Who will trust you with the blessed life? Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 shows us God is actually watching, testing us. He says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. For us, when you speak of first fruits, that would be the tithe, the 10%. We return to God the first tenth, the tithe that belongs to God, God. Then your barns will be filled with overflowing. The beauty of the tithe or first fruits is that it teaches us to trust God. It teaches us that God can do more with 90% that is blessed than 100% that is not blessed. And when we return the tithe back unto God, he blesses our finances. When you return to God the tithe, the tithe actually breaks the grip of materialism, which causes us to, to want more and more. We think it's all for us, and it teaches us to put our faith in God. You'll be blessed. I can only imagine God saying, I'd like to give you barn blessings, but many of you think that if I give you more, it's all for you. It's not all for you because I want you to be more blessed, having more than enough, that you can be more, that you can experience and know it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. There was a guy in the New Testament who thought everything was for him. Jesus told the parable in Luke 12, verse 16. He said, the ground of a certain man, rich man, uh, yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grain. Next slide. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. Check this out. God was not angry at this man because he was blessed. God is the one who blesses. Every good gift is from him. God was angry at him because he didn't know how to be blessed. This man thought that all the blessings were for him. This was a guy that had a barn blessing with a bag mindset. 
I will say it again. This guy had a barn blessing with a bag mindset. And may I say very respectfully, and this is a challenge for most of us, all of us, you're going to say, well, I don't have a barn. Well, when we look at life compared to the people around the rest of the world, we have barn blessings with a bag mindset sometimes. And the reason we are not more blessed is because we still actually believe it is more blessed to receive than it is to give. Craig Rochelle, as I closed, went on a mission trip to uh, help build homes for, for people overseas. And he said, I went to this place and there were these people and I was thinking of, to myself, we are so much more blessed than them. They, they had nothing. No toilets, no running water, nothing. And there was this lady who brought us a, a, a little... Who, who brought us into a little hut. You couldn't even call it a house, he said. She uh, served, uh, she served uh, me meat, he said. And my thought was, I wonder what animal that was because I didn't see any cows around here. I ate it. Here I am with everything. And she seems to have nothing. And then it dawned on me, you know why those people are often truly happy, truly happier and more fulfilled than we are? It's because they are actually often more blessed. Not blessed with material things. It really doesn't matter as much, but they know that it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And then he went on to discover that this woman knew that he loved steak. He loved meat. And uh, through the translator, he found out that she had saved up for six months to give her guest a steak dinner while she had nothing on her plate. The more we give, the more we are blessed. I believe that God wants to bless your life. And the key to a blessed life is a heart of generosity. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Would you stand with me, please? Lord, how can we stand in this sanctuary that's dedicated to the glory of God? How can we stand in this sanctuary and on the Sunday before Thanksgiving and not express appreciation, gratitude? Even no matter what may be our lot in life right now, our place in life, to know, though, that we're blessed Lord, we remind ourselves that every good and perfect gift comes from you. I thank you, Lord, for your church. I thank you, Lord, for your people. And I pray that you would help us all in this area of generosity. 
Lord, uh, often our perspective, our mindset can hold us back from having a generous heart that truly does reflect the blessing of God in our lives. Pray that you would just continue to work on my heart, Lord, and just so thankful for where you've brought me from to where I am today. And I pray for your people here that they would be blessed to be a blessing. That none of us, Lord, here would ever think that acquisition and receiving of that which comes from you is is really where it ends. Help us, Lord, to pay it forward. Help us, God, to be people with uh, generous hearts, not with a bag mindset, but, Lord, with a basket mindset, understanding how you, God, overflow with blessings. And may you help us to even graduate into a barn mindset. We give you praise, we give you honor, we give you glory. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Let's uh, conclude by singing together. And uh, if you have need of prayer this morning, please feel free to uh, come and uh, allow us to pray one with another. Uh, Let's uh, open our hearts and uh, conclude our, our service as we sing.